Method to the Madness is next. You're listening to Method to the Madness, a bi-weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Lisa Kiefer, and today I'll be talking to two UC Berkeley students, John Ciano and Joe Gleason, about a startup they're involved with called Activity Assist. You two are probably the youngest innovators I've had on this show. Would you just introduce yourselves and talk about what you're doing here at UC Berkeley? I'm Joe Gleason. Uh, I co-founded Activity Assist. I'm from South Philadelphia. I went to high school in North Philadelphia. And I went to a school where teachers had to pay for their own paper for schools, whether that meant permission slips, whether that meant homework. All teachers had to go to Staples, pay with their own credit card, and buy their own paper. So when I was 15 years old, I got one of my friends from outside New York, and we started a company that digitized permission slips for field trips, proms, homecomings, and sporting events. And how old were you? At 15. So you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so I started with, my own, with our own physics teachers. Uh, and my friend was in a town outside Newark, New Jersey called South Orange. And I started at a high school called Central High School in uh, North Philly. And, and you are? I'm John Ciano. Um, I'm from Cupertino, California. I'm also a freshman here at Berkeley. I actually met Joe here. Um, he You're both freshmen. That's right. Yeah. That's incredible to me. Okay. Yeah, so I met Joe here. Um, he showed me Activity Assist, and um, you know, I just recently got started with the team as the uh, director of business development. So uh, I'm pretty excited to you know join the team and help the uh, website grow. Let's back up a little bit. You started this in high school, and you brought it here to UC Berkeley. Can that, you talk about that process just a little bit? That's right. So uh, basically, how that went is before I came to Berkeley. Uh, there was just me and my co-founder, and he's at the University of Illinois, and I came over here to Berkeley, all the way from the East Coast, and it was we, we've always worked remotely, so that's never been a problem, but I think it's been interesting in that Berkeley has such a culture of entrepreneurship and innovation that you can find people and just tell your story, and people listen to you, offer great criticism, great questions, and you can move on. It, it's such a great place to innovate and such a great place to share your story that it's, it's perfect for me. It was perfect for Activity Assist. And that's the reason we're happy to announce we just uh, raised $20,000 from the dorm room fund. Okay, uh, so we need to explain what is this dorm room fund? So the dorm room fund is a uh, venture-backed firm that invests in college startups across the country. They're based in the Bay Area, in uh, New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and I think they're expanding. So they're a growing firm uh, backed by First Round Capital, and they invest in college startups. Their average investment is about 20K. And we're happy to announce that we're one of the more recent investments. Okay. I did a little bit of reading about the Dorm Room Fund. And they started in, was it 2012? Yeah, that's right. And they started in Philadelphia. Had you known about them at all when you had this idea in high school? So in my high school, a lot of my friends went to Penn just because of the nature of being so close to Penn. And I actually knew a couple of people on the Dorm Room Fund in Philadelphia from my high school who had gone on and studied at Penn. And so I had known of the dorm room fund for a while, but I knew Activity Assist wasn't at the stage where we could raise the money that would, or the money would be necessary, you know, 
uh, for what we need now to build a brand name. Plus, um, you were in high school. They didn't fund high school. Exactly. Projects. They didn't. They didn't fund high schoolers. You yeah. know. And I, I'm. We're surprised they even funded freshmen. We're one of the youngest people they've ever funded. So that is very exciting. Okay. So you knew about this fund, and this fund was started by a company called First Round Capital. First Round Capital, I think, was the first company to invest in Uber. So they have this tradition of investing in very innovative and new ideas. So um, they have this division, I guess you'd call it, that controls the dorm room fund. That's right. How many projects have they funded across the United States universities as of today? It, it's hundreds. 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 I okay. know my contacts from the Bay Area. Davey Bloom, great guy. He connected us in the first place. I think they invest in an average of 10 a year per location, and that may, that number may fluctuate from year to year, but I think on average it's about 10, maybe less. Maybe Across less. the country? Uh, per location. So there's per four location. locations. So, so maybe I would say 20 to 40 startups they invest in annually, okay. uh, overall, nationwide. And so we're one of that group, which is really exciting. And, it is exciting. And so you know all of the ins and outs. of. So what did you need here at Cal to continue? So one thing I knew I needed was, as I'm studying, as we're all studying, I needed a team. You need great people to make a great company, uh, and you need great people to help sort of mellow the, the highs and lows of startups. Uh, and so I said, okay, I need to find these people. So I said, I need a marketing guy. I need a business guy. Are you a business major? Uh, I'm not a business major. I'm what a, is your major? Do I'm you a know material you? science and engineering major, which you could say, oh, what's that? <laughs> engineering, and I just love material science. Do you know what material science is? You can tell me. It's the study of how everything is made. You found John. Yeah, that's right. And um, what does it mean when you say you're uh, business development? Yeah, so I help in outreach to schools, you know, s- such as like contacting schools, marketing, uh, finding teacher conferences we can speak at, basically just to get the um, word out for Activity Assist. And uh, that's something I've had experience with in the past. You know, in high school, I worked on my own startup called Study Trove. And so I- I've kind of had... Uh, and where was this high school where you got to start do a startup? Oh, it was, called, it was called Cupertino High School, just about 40 minutes away from here. I have to just intersect here and say I'm amazed that, number one, startups are happening in high schools, <laughs> and also, and they continue on. I mean, that's very exciting. So so when I met Joe here, I was really impressed with how how well Activity Assist, the website, was made. You know, he had all his numbers down in terms of, like, budget, finance, stuff like that. The website... He thought of all, like, edge cases. Like We like to say we built the website with teachers for teachers. So mm-hmm. the whole product came about because our teachers came to us, and we were designing the website. We Every step of the way, we showed it to our own teachers. So you were in this high school where you you were living this application. Exactly. We were okay. building it and living it. Uh, I like to say I live, breathe, and eat activity assist, and so did my partner, you know, at his high school outside in New Jersey. So Okay, let's go. Let's talk in detail about this product. And uh, <clears throat> before you go into detail about that, is it up and running here yet? So activity assist is fully operational. Uh, but we, is it operational here in California yet? In California, no. We are not live okay, at any so schools in California. Okay, so that's the exciting part, and that's what you're getting going here exactly. now. Exactly. So let's talk about it, the details of activity assist now. Great. So how it works is a teacher can basically go on our website, activityassist.com, create activities like field trips, proms, those events, invite their students and chaperones to attend through the site, and then they can send permission slips to those parents bypassing the kid. And then as a parent, you can say your kid's been invited to attend the prom. You could sign and pay for that prom right from your email. No login required. Uh, so it's a, it's a completely online process. It's taking the old permission slip and modernizing. We're bringing the field trip into the 21st century. Okay, so how would a student, you know how in the old days you could, you could uh, game some of these things and 
put a signature down for your parents that wasn't your parents' signature, how are you getting around any kind of fraudulent activity? Yeah, so fraud is a good is a good question. Uh, we sort of cover that with uh, on the student side. If any student tries to intercept the parent email, you know, and sign and pay for themselves digitally, uh, we, we, what we do at the beginning of any school onboarding, we send a form home, one form that says uh, who we are, what we're doing, and we ask the parent to legally give them give us their most accurate email address, the one they check most often, and then they have to sign therefore covering our liability. Uh, so if a student does happen to uh, access the parent's email, sign and pay online, we're not liable. So Okay. Covered, yeah. So you get an electronic signature. That's right. We use DocuSign. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, we take care of that online. And, the, and it's really nice because one thing we did is we, did, we launched a bunch of focus groups with parents. And parents said the one thing they hate most, I don't know about you, is the logins. They absolutely hated logins. So what we did is we did something pretty unique. We, we built a, a link that only works with that particular parent. So if I send you an email saying your son or daughter has been invited to attend the senior prom, only you can access that link from your computer. No one else can access that link. If someone accidentally gets access to your inbox from another like another place, they can't get it. That's really great security. It's important. So um, you've been at this since what year was that? It must have been 2014, the summer that of 2014. Okay. Yeah. Did it become profitable out in Pennsylvania? So we've been actually working on this site for about a year. And, and then we built a mobile app. And what the mobile app does is it lets chaperones, uh, let's say on the day of the prom, take attendance. So as a kid comes in, so say John's coming into the prom, I can tap him in on my phone and send an attendance report directly to my school. So there's no paper attendance list. It automatically updates to the system. And so we spent a whole bunch of time building that. And then I sort of had to do the business and I had to do a lot of fundraising. So uh, in the beginning, I started out, I self-funded most of the business and I raised a lot of money from GoFundMe. Uh, about like 8000 total in that first round. Is Now let's talk about what is GoFundMe. GoFundMe is an amazing website. Go check it out, GoFundMe.com. How it works is you go, you, you make a campaign, say uh, there's a lot of medical cases, a lot of educational cases. I know, one, I know one friend who wanted to go to Pittsburgh, and so he put on his, he launched a GoFundMe campaign advertising how he loved robotics and how he wanted to go to Pittsburgh. So this is a crowdfunding. It's a donation crowdfunding, and he raised the money that he could use to live and go to school in Pittsburgh. So it's really amazing. And it sounds like it's geared toward, you know, educational and... It's it's geared towards educational things. It's geared towards things that the people, you know, want to pay for, want to donate to in a a high school startup. So you started this, and then you got the attention. How did you get this $20,000 raise from Dorm Room Fund? So I spent probably the last two months... Uh, going to events, pitches, competitions, talking to everyone I could, trying to fundraise this month. We have a goal right now of 50K over the next 12 months. That's our fundraising goal. And we've raised 20 from the Dorman Fund. So how do we do it? I, I, I was going from competition to competition. I probably, I probably pitched to 35 VCs or 30 VCs trying to raise this money. And, you know, VCs, we're a small fish in a big pond. They don't want to invest in us. And so then we, we eventually found... I remembered, oh, the dorm room fund. And then I tried to reach out. I knew a guy. I and the a... dorm room fund, just to back up, is run by students. That's right. It's run by grad and undergraduate students at Berkeley and at Stanford, at least in the Bay Area. And so I knew a guy named, uh, his name's Brian Dunn. He manages the, this awesome consulting group at Berkeley called the Tamid Consulting Group. It's an, it's an Israeli consulting group. And he knew Davy Bloom, who's, who was sort of my account rep at Dorm Room Fund, and he connected us last semester. We chatted, got to know each other, and then we reconnected this semester uh, when I was fundraising, and it just it seemed like it worked. And then we did a pitch, we made it, and we're in. So you uh, have 20000 When did you get this money? How long ago? We, we got the sort of like the acceptance about two weeks ago, and okay. then we're getting the money right so now. So you're up and running now, and you're reaching out. 
how are you using that money right now? So we have an itemized budget. A couple of things. We're launching an online advertising campaign. We're launching a direct mail campaign. A direct mail is like sending pamphlets to, to schools, you know, seeing something that you can hold in your hand. Uh, we're looking at, as John mentioned, ed tech conferences and teacher conferences. We think this is a word of mouth game, uh, sort of getting this in teachers' hands because at the end of the day, the teacher is our best consumer. They're the ones who are benefiting from this. They're the ones who love it. And I have not met a teacher who hasn't loved this product. It's so simple. Uh, so we need to get into those conferences. And then also I'm looking to hire a couple of people. So okay, that's so our, that's our do you have an outside of school mentor or advice? I mean, because, you know, you come into this Bay Area, there's a lot of teachers. And what help are you getting? So what help am I getting? I think it all started back home uh, when I was in middle school, eighth grade, eighth grade. My mom started a company uh, called Jelly Arts LLC. It's an art product. It's for printmaking. And so when we were first starting out in eighth grade, she was, she was shipping out product four to five pieces a day. And I would come home every day. School ended at 3.30. I would run home, pack and ship boxes, run to the post office by 4.30. Because I had to get there by 4.30. Otherwise, I couldn't ship out product for that day. And I shipped out product for my mom's small business from my basement every day for a year. You know, and I got to see her business grow. And now it's a million-dollar company. You know, it's, it's exciting, you know, after a lot of years. Uh, and I, I got to grow with that business. I got to see the mistakes she's made. And she's totally been my advisor on this. Uh, my dad started a company, too, when he was younger. They've been my advisors in a great so way. So you grew up in a household of I entrepreneurs. Up, I did. We're a household of entrepreneurs. That's what the only about way you, it. John? Yeah, so, um, you know, my household also has been, you know, very proactive in, you know, creating things. And um, so, for example, when I was in high school, I, I mentioned I created my own educational startup called Study Trove. My parents were very active. What was it called again? Study Trove. It's basically an essay editing website for schools, and it's still operational. But um, through running that, I realized some of the mistakes that I made. And when talking to Joe, when he introduced me to Activity Assist, I realized a lot of those mistakes that I had made in the past those were corrected in Activity Assist, and that's what really attracted me to joining the Activity Assist team. I was just really impressed with the product. Well, there's nothing like failure to help you understand what you need to do, right? You can always learn from your mistakes. And yeah. I like to say, what is it like to run a small company? Uh, this is what it's like. One day, you get the dorm room fund, and you leave the meeting, and you're saying, oh, my God, we're going to make it. We're going to be a $10 million firm. We're going to have an IPO. It's going to be amazing. The next day, you're going to have a call with the customer. It's not going to go so well. You're going to leave that meeting and you're going to say, we're going to dissolve in three months. It's not going to work, all this stuff. So working a startup is kind of like running a, a wave. you got to sort of balance the, the ups and the downs and mellow it out. So on your good days, you have to say, look, we're not, we're not there yet. And on your bad days, you, you got to say, oh, but we got this going for us. And I like to say my blood pressure is going through the roof all the time. You're but, too uh, young for that. <laughs> <laughs> just tuning in, you're listening to Method to the Madness, a bi-weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley celebrating Bay Area innovators. I'm your host, Lisa Kiefer, and today I'm interviewing two innovative UC Berkeley students, John Ciano and Joe Gleason. They have a startup called Activity Assist that empowers teachers to create digital permission slips and send them off to parents instantly who can then grant permission and pay electronically while letting chaperones take attendance on the day of the trip through their mobile app. Tell me what your immediate goals are and then later goals. Because, so, you know, you just, you're just getting started here in the Bay Area. That's right. That's right. So our immediate goals are traction 
And that's just getting this getting into the word schools out. and getting our name out. Yeah. Uh, and that's getting this in teachers' hands. I'm, I'm willing to give this product away to, to schools for free in the intermediate time uh, for this year, for the remainder of this year, so that we can get in them for next year. You know, A lot of public schools finalize their budgets by July 1st, so we're really pushing for that July 1st deadline. What do they have to pay to get this oh, service? Oh, that's right. So we charge $500 per school uh, per year. Uh, but when you're first starting out, we're going to give it to you for 30 days. Try it with a couple of trips. Make sure you like it. Make sure it works with your data. And then go for it. Uh, it's $500 per year per school. We don't okay. charge per pupil. Well, you know, budgeting is really tough here in California public schools. Are you also approaching private schools? We are. We're looking at private because schools. Because, I was, you know, I mean, they may not have that much budget after the field trip expenses mm-hmm. to pay $500. So, it sounds crazy, but it's I, a lot. To so when I was first starting out, I did a lot of research. Uh, I did a lot of research. And one thing that I found was that even these public school districts that are strapped for budget space, one place they're not strapped for, or they at least have a little bit more belt room, is their ed tech. They usually have 10 to 30K available to invest in things like this every year. Uh, so there's totally budget space in a lot of schools. Now, if we're talking city schools, that ed tech budget space is not there. But if we're talking suburban, middle class, you know, family schools. What about Oakland Public Schools? Oakland Public Schools, inner city, uh, inner city school districts, different story. I'm from Philadelphia, which is, I think it's the second worst public education system in the country behind Detroit. And I actually worked at a company in high school where uh, we worked with teachers and principals to, we, we raised money for them. Uh, we gave money, we uh, gave them grants. And one thing I, I got to do is I got to meet principals. And I remember one story I heard was someone was had a meeting with a the principal. They were walking down this hallway in their school in South Philly High, and they would walk in a classroom, and they would see the teacher at the desk with their feet on the desk, with a magazine in their hands, the kids running around aimlessly. They'd walk in another classroom, pitch black, textbooks piled from the floor to the ceiling, some three years old, never used. And so there's totally a misallocation of resources in city school districts, and we recognize that. I definitely do, coming from Philadelphia, and I, w- I want to sort of tackle that. I don't want teachers to have to pay for their own paper. It's ridiculous. If you're going to go on a field trip, it requires buses. There's a lot of other expenses besides the paper. So so the buses, bus drivers are actually paid. They, they have tenure, usually. They usually, they have an hourly schedule. So they're already running around with uh, sporting events in cities. I, kn- I know Philadelphia, at least. Uh, there's bus drivers going around all the time because of the inner city sporting uh, sporting clubs. Yeah. But do you get my drift here? I yeah. mean, when you're talking about inner city schools, you, number one, you have to assume: do they have buses? Oh. Do they have so, the budget? Do they have? Can they sh- send out a there, bunch of kids? To so there's one thing: we charge five hundred dollars per school per year for schools that can afford it. So for inner city schools, we're going to actually give activity system for free. Uh, because we know that those school districts, on average, have 300, 400 schools. They can't afford a product like this, let alone something even cheaper. So we, we can stand only stand to benefit by giving it to them. So we're going to give it to them. It's a mutual benefit. They can save money on paper. Their teachers can save a bunch of time. What if you start to make money? I mean, just theoretically, this thing takes off like crazy. Who gets the money? Does the University of California Berkeley get any money, or is it strictly go back into your pocket, or does Dorm Room Fund get money? Activity Assist is an LLC of New Jersey, and so we're, we're a for-profit private company, uh, so the money will go to the owners. 
uh, funding round, they invest 20K in promissory note, which is a sort of a debt vehicle. So technically, we owe them the money back in So you two pay years. that back and everything else is yours. So the dorm room fund is full of students as well. Yes, it is. So if they're taking equity, that's students who are becoming VCs and making money. Oh, that's On true. other student projects. That's so true. So I work, I work for, uh, part-time for a company called Personal Capital in San Francisco. And my Where ba- are you studying, by the uh, way? <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> a better question is, when do I sleep? Uh, <laughs> And so uh, my boss there worked at the dorm room fund at Berkeley. He's a Haas grad. And, uh, and he always likes to say working at the dorm room fund is like working for a VC firm. And you're managing the VC firm as a kid, you know, which is like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, your budget is kind of limitless and you can invest in all these cool companies. But you have to, you have to be careful. You have to be cautious. And it's, it, you learn what it takes to invest and work in the investing world. So working for the dorm room fund is a great opportunity. Anyone out there? How that, do you get picked for that? Oh, well, it's kind of like you got to network your way in. You know, you got you to talk. Uh, so if you know someone, go talk to them. See what you can do. I definitely recommend it to anyone out there who's saying, oh, the dorm room fund sounds awesome. I should go do it. It's totally worth it. Yeah, especially like business majors. Business or major, house MBA dads. students. Oh, MBAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, even you guys, after you're done with this project, you could be on the dorm room phone. Who knows? John, what do you think? I think it's a good idea, possibly, but I'd rather focus on this for now. Yeah. Right, okay, John, let's talk to you a little bit. Um, what is your major here at Cal? Um, I'm a business major and a computer science major. Are you bringing computer skills to activity assist? I'm current. I'm learning more and more, so I'm hoping that, you know, like, for example, this summer I'm going to be skilling up a bit, so I hope to, you know, continually bring stuff to the company. Yeah, are you using big data on this, or is it too early? Too early, too early, but we have okay. plans. We have plans. Okay, so let's assume you, you start doing well, and, and people get wind of your company. I know that some of the uh, dorm room fund projects have gone on to Y Combinator and other places like that, and, you know, taken off like a real company. Are you ready for something like that? What I mean, could this happen? I think possibly a year from now, that could be the best place for us to go, quite honestly. Y Combinator is an excellent program. I like would to, they pick you or would you approach them? How does that work? You apply and okay. they pick you. You interview, you go for it. That's how that works. Uh, it's, a hu- it's a very small acceptance rate, uh, probably on the, on the level of Stanford's. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, you apply. And I think next year would be great for us. We're not where we are. We're not where we need to be. Do you have numbers that show that what you're actually saving schools yet? Yes. So, so why we even started this was because a physics teacher came to us and was managing his own trip. He spent two weeks trying to manage a physics trip, and he tried to manage over $10,000 for one field trip. And he had to waste two weeks of class time, prep time, trying to deal with this. Uh, and so in, in terms of teacher time, we save schools the most money in terms of teacher time. Uh, so what that means is if the average teacher salary is 60K, which it is in New Jersey, we can save you somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six thousand in terms of teacher time uh, in a year. In opportunity yeah. costs, okay. you know, that's money not like liquid money, but that's money that teachers could otherwise spend in the classroom. You know, mm-hmm. so so there's a benefit there uh, that you don't have to waste time passing out a trip form to every kid in my class and saying, Johnny, where's your trip form? Waiting two weeks for this, you know, trying to track it down. Instead, you could send permission slips out in the morning. Every parent can see it while they're at work in their email. Send it back, and you can be done in a day or two rather than weeks. Uh, so in terms of managing it, it's really simple. All the payments run through the site, so you can track all of that, and it's all covered. Uh, it's, it's really simple. That's good. And what do you think the greatest challenges are here? You're a Californian, so what do you think your greatest challenges are going to be? Probably the greatest challenge that I see is just getting the word out to schools because everyone who's seen the product, they've loved it. You know, not only teachers, but also conferences we've been at, they've all said, this is a fantastic idea. And we just need to get the word out so people know that this is a service that's offered. And I feel that once people 
once we have like market saturation, everyone will want to jump on this product. Yeah, it seems like uh, in the public school system, you would go to you know the county offices or you know the head person. Have you thought about going to Sacramento and the, the Department of Education and presenting to those people? So Sacramento and cities of that magnitude, we're not we don't want to go in too deep yet. You know, with big cities because we want to we want to sort of start out smaller. And make sure that everything's working. You know. So, who, what is your target? The kinks. What our, are your target? our targets? Are small public school districts right now and private schools on the individual basis? Okay. We want, we want to start out with you know twenty schools, fine tune the kinks, and then see okay how can we get into. Sacramento? And I assume you have that list right already, right? We have targets. That's you have right. your targets, That's and you're right. beginning to, yes, to focus we on are that. Right now. You know, you you obviously have this background in entrepreneurship and everything. When did it all become a reality for you? I like to say that it started out with Evan and I in our basements, Skype calls every day after school. We would mock up the website. We would design it. In the beginning, we were designing this product as a tool for our teachers. It was not a business. And so when did it become a business? Uh, And it's kind of like, I think it's kind of a gradual thing. I think it's when you start to talk about, oh, when you start to run focus groups with teachers and you say, oh, and you're talking to them. I think the moment for me was when we sat down in a room of 33 teachers, showed it all to them anonymously. Each one of them said they loved it and that they needed it for their own for themselves. You know, it was so simple. They could do it in five minutes and be done. You must have been pretty excited. Oh, I was were. so excited. Oh, you have <laughs> to no find idea. something that I, everyone is to excited me, about. To me, this was a high school basement run Skype project. I like to say that those teachers, every single one of them said they loved it. Uh, yeah. And that, to me, was a moment. We could well, do you guys them. think that entrepreneurs are can be made or are, are you born an entrepreneur? I think it's totally uh, like a malting process. You have to go through the cauldron of becoming an entrepreneur uh, because it's not as... The cauldron. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, not as, uh, it's not as simple as like going, just like coming up with an idea. There are a million ideas out there. A true entrepreneur doesn't need 100 ideas. An entrepreneur can have zero ideas. But if they find someone with an idea, a true entrepreneur executes they devote themselves, they grind, they talk to people, they know their consumer, and then they move forward. And that's what an entrepreneur does. It's, it's, they're an executioner. They're not an idea, an idea, you know. They're an executioner. Okay, John, do you agree with that? I mean, what do you feel like, what is the definition to you? of You grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Do you think that you, it's natural or do, is it learned or can it be acquired? I think it's, I'm, I'm going to go with kind of a boring answer, but I think it's kind of half and half just you know, referring back to what Joe said, it's kind of like a cauldron in that there's going to be a lot of moments in which you feel, ah, this isn't working, or "Ah, maybe my idea isn't as great as I thought it was. But if you keep pushing forward, you know, you keep developing your product, you keep learning from what the customers want, and you just keep going, then I think that's what can help you succeed in entrepreneurship. And just as Joe said, it's not just about the idea, because anyone can can come up with a fantastic idea. You got to go out there and execute and actually get it done, get sales, that type of stuff. And, and besides execution, it's also a determination. Being an entrepreneur is taking those 4 a.m. nights. You know, If you have to meet a deadline, then you have to meet a deadline, and no one's going to come and cover you. You have to take care of it yourself. You know, mm-hmm, And so mm-hmm. it's knowing that, you, that you're fully responsible for it, and you take ownership of it, but you love it all the same. You love every moment. You'd have to love it. You have to. So if you guys get incredibly rich, are you going to drop out of school? <laughs> John, you answer that first. Will you need school anymore? I think school would be a nice a nice backup to have. Um, right now, we're doing a pretty good job of balancing it, though. So um, I guess we'll just wait and see to where this takes off. Um, but for now, we're, we're doing pretty well in uh, both school and activity assist. Yeah. So how would any interested listeners get a hold of you? 
So to anyone out there who's interested in working on the business side or on the back end or as a full stack developer, definitely go to our website, www.activityassist.com. Reach out to us on our Contact Us page. Check out how the product works. If you're a parent, go to our website, see how we can save your school time, talk to your teachers, talk to your friends, do see what you can do, see what, if you like the product, go check out our video. Uh, and to anyone out there who's just a young entrepreneur, definitely go and see what you can do. I, I would say if you have an idea, and you have a, if you have a team, if you have some friends that you know, let's, let's tackle this, do it. Don't hesitate. Take take control. It's the greatest experience you'll ever have. And, you'll, and, and, and should they go look at Dorm Room Fund? If they have traction, if they have a business model, if they have the team, then later you can fundraise. I think in the beginning, it's about how do we talk to our consumer? How do we make sure the market needs this product? And then it's how do we build a great team? Because like I said, you need great people for a great business. Yeah, I would say, you know, just go out there and be proactive. I think it's better to fail and learn from that experience than just sit back, be complacent and not do anything at all. So go out there and be proactive. That's it. Well, Joe and John, thank you for being on this program today. You You are absolutely the youngest entrepreneurs that have been on my program. I mean, I'm impressed. So Activity Assist, congratulations and good luck on your project. Thanks. That was UC Berkeley students, John Ciano and Joe Gleason. They're only freshmen, but they've started a company called Activity Assist and recently received $20,000 in funding from the Dorm Room Fund. Their idea is to empower teachers to create digital permission slips and then sending them off to parents instantly who can then grant permission and pay electronically while letting chaperones take attendance on the day of the trip through their mobile app. You've been listening to Method to the Madness, a bi-weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Tune in again in two weeks at the same time.